Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, it is an absolutely outstanding day to be alive and well with you. Happy Tuesday, wherever you may be, enjoying us on this glory day. And you better get ready for love on this glory day. It's your chance to believe what we've got to say. Because today on the program, Mike Dettelier is going to join. He's on Break It Down Scientifically. And then we're going to go down south, not way down south, but we're going to go down south nonetheless. And uh, joining us will be one Anthony Dasher, not Dancer, not Connor, not Blitzen. But Anthony Dasher will be with us here in a few minutes. Uh, Matt J is now joining. Matt J, are you foo-fap today, fired up, focused, and prepared to... Break it down scientifically and argue about who's better, this team or the team from four years ago, this robust conversation we're going to have today. Have you sharpened your pencil today, Matt J. Dixon? Uh, You know, I have, Tone. I'm very excited. It's a really intriguing, kind of a fun topic. Um, I'm ready to get into it and all. Also, I hope it's a big day for uh, Todd Helton as well with the Baseball Hall of Fame. Let's talk about Todd Helton off the top, Matt. How close, in your humble opinion, is Todd Helton to getting into the Hall of Fame, and could it happen today? In your humble opinion, could it happen for Todd Helton? Are you willing to call the shot uh, here two days out, Tony Vitello? Um, I'm going to call it, and I'm going to have a positive outlook and think he gets in. It's I think it's going to be really, really close, but I, I think, I think our guy finally, finally gets in, and it's very well deserved. Let's talk about him. I, I absolutely adore Todd Helton. Uh, I think he's one of the great natural athletes uh, we've ever seen uh, in our lives uh, here. Uh, that comes from our own soil. And the word on Todd Helton, and by the way, coming up, Mike Dutillier will join us. John Morosi writes the following, and John is a um, Major League Baseball Network broadcaster. Some of you know him from his work with the NHL as well, but he's an all-around great guy. Um, and he's done some Fox Sports Radio in his day. He's a good paisan. He's one of the good paisans out there, a little paisan. He tweets the following. Significant development. Todd Helton is now at 80.1% on known ballots. Last year, his drop on advance to actual was 5%. If that holds true, and he has a 5% drop from this moment, he would be elected at 75.1%. This could be decided by less than five ballots one way or the other. And... Since he's tweeted that, Matt, there's been some blowback from the people that are saying that Todd Helton belongs in the Hall of Great, not the Hall of Fame, right alongside the likes of Dale Murphy and uh, players of that ilk. But uh, there's a mark on Todd Helton, which is that he played at Coors Field, which helped him hit 300 and some odd home runs. So... We can get off in the weeds uh, with the Major League Baseball conversation, but uh, needless to say. Um, well, can I chime in real quick? Please, Brian. 
because Mattingly's not think, in, Hernandez isn't in, Delgado isn't in, Will Clark, Mark Grace, and uh, Dale Murphy, folks like that, who who many people think that's where Todd Helton is. But go ahead, Brian. I think he also hit a number of doubles yep. and singles yep. in that park where the altitude doesn't affect that. He wasn't just a home run guy. Mm-mm. I think he was clutch mm-hmm. when he came up to bat. He drove in a lot of runs. He wasn't just a slugger, a, a power guy. He he could hit for all averages. And his road numbers were two eighty seven. road numbers were pretty good. Two eighty seven batting average, three eighty six, and four sixty nine. So, and there are a lot of Hall of Famers who played in the likes of Yankee Stadium, that little band box, or in uh, Boston which is a little park, or Chicago, which is a smaller park. So come on now. Come on now. And the other thing Todd Helton didn't do, Matt, is juice. If he would have juiced, he would have held on for five, four or five more years, and he would have had those great numbers at the end, those those numbers that put you over the top, that hundred or so more home runs. Yeah. But he yeah. did his it, body it, it broke down. robbed him of probably three to five good years at the end yeah. of his career. And yeah. that's right, and that's right. And that's 20 home runs a year, which wouldn't have been too much to ask, which would have put him at 450, which probably would have made him a first ballot Hall of Famer. So you go, Todd Helton. What time's the vote come down today, Matt? Do we know? Uh, I think it's announced at 6. Okay. But the votes will kind of trickle in throughout the day of people who want to make theirs public. Very exciting. But, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. It's going to be close, yeah. but I'm 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 all for it. Maybe, maybe Brian can update us if, if some breaking news happens during the show. To Todd's family and friends, know that we are pulling for you. Um, on the other side, we're going to get Mike Detillier in here. Of course, the field is set for the championship games. Matt, have you gone back and have you looked yet at Nico? Nico Maliiko, who... The folks at ESPN have deemed number 23 in America. You're number 23. Everybody else has one, two, or three, Matt, but you don't want me to think that there's some kind of uh, ESPN bias. Also today, the folks at ESPN are reporting, the great Chris Lowe is, that Bill O'Brien is going back to the New England Patriots, which is one of the... uh, worst-kept secrets in the world that he was going to leave after this year. So Alabama, on what I call a pretty good, not great football team, is going to replace two coordinators, Matt Dixon. The door is ajar right now in the SEC West for somebody. I believe that. Oh, no, absolutely. You're losing, you know, Bryce Young and, and Will Anderson as well. Um, I, I think losing O'Brien probably hurts. I think he probably wanted to make a change defensively, so that one probably doesn't hurt as much. But you just never know when you bring in a new play caller uh, how the, how they'll work, and you'll have a new quarterback down there as well. So a lot of uncertainty um, down there in, in a, at a time where Alabama kind of really, you know, at least from Saban's perspective, has kind of lost a step. Lost a step. Say it, shout it, shout it, shout it out loud. We're going to come back on the other side. Mike Detillier breaks it down. 
Can I get him to say the name of San Francisco's foot, football team? Because if he does, I will pop immaculate because I'm a simpleton in his accent after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quick Mart convenience stores conveniently located all across southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hi, I'm former Sheriff Amy George with 30 years experience in emergency services. I know how important it is to locate an address that's in need of help as quickly as possible. An LED light bulb has been developed and manufactured that glows red, white, and blue flashing light to be placed on your front porch and turned on when you have an emergency that will help the responding emergency services to locate your home as quickly as possible. You can obtain your LED light bulb at Mount Pleasant Fire Department and all of your local fire stations. For more information, contact Fire Department at 379-1005. 379-1005. Seconds counts. Get your light bulb today. I wish you and your family a safe and happy new year. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. You bow your head when you say his name, ladies and gentlemen. He is the great Mike Dettelier. We were talking off the air. He's got an inside line on this Bengal game due to Joe Burrow, due to Jamar Chase, and he's telling me that uh, he's got uh, Joe's pop on and knows Jamar Chase's family as well, and, hey, it's one big happy family. As Mike Dettelier now joins me from the bayou where he holds it down, uh, along with the Cajun Cannon, and they do some talk radio, breaking it down scientifically at uh, WWLAM and FM in Nolens. Mike Dettelier, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing great. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it. Brother, you know, it's always great to talk with you. It's always great Same to catch here. up to you, my man, and... Uh, I hope 2023 is treating you well. And, you know, let's uh, let's talk here for a second. I got to ask you about who's not there before we uh, focus on what's ahead. Because I think the championship games are going to be really interesting. But um, Buffalo's not there. 
Your thoughts on Buffalo falling short, playing a a, a Bengal team that was missing three-fifths of their offensive line, and the Bills just didn't have their best day in the weather. Yeah, uh, Tony, uh, I bet on horses like them before in the past. They spit the bit, you know. Uh, here you had them at home. Uh, you, you you know, you had a lot of energy there, uh, certainly with the, the more Hamlin being there and, and you know, just trying to motivate the team. And you had been there before. And, you know, I think just Cincinnati came in there with an attitude of, wait a minute, y'all disrespecting us about putting this game in Atlanta. You know, and, and Joe had a great line in, in typical Borough fashion of that, man, they better start refunding them the money. Um, to me, Buffalo does not look like a well-coached team on offense, and I think you certainly see the impact of Brian Dable on, on what he was able to do offensively with Josh Allen and that crew. Uh, they they don't look like the same offense, and on defense, they have not looked the same since Von Miller went down. I guess in Game Ten, they don't have that edge rush uh, that you would normally see. Um, everybody's got injuries. You can't use that as an excuse, uh, you know, because, man, today you got every front office type in the world. Uh, we fought through injuries. Well, everybody got them. Everybody has to fight through injuries. It's not an excuse. But um, they just didn't look like a well-coached team. To be honest with you, uh, Miami had them on the ropes. They just couldn't put them away uh, because of the quarterback situation. And three drop passes early in that game, that could have made a difference. Um, it's surprising. Uh, but uh, McDermott um, has not coached well uh, in, in big games, despite he's got a lot of talent uh, on that Buffalo Bill team. Um, that I don't know if that sort of edge was lost last year. In losing that game to Kansas City the way they did, because uh, they really bulked up this year. This was going to be the run, going out and getting Von Miller, and yep. he was certainly a difference maker. But they didn't look like a really good team, and Josh looked like he was trying to do too much. I was talking to Archie Manning about it, and he was like, Mike, I think he's just pressing. He, he feels as though he's got no running game, and he's got to make plays on every play, and you can't put yourself in that spot. I think Archie's absolutely right about that. Oh, I think he is too. And, you know, you look at him and he's, he's one of these guys that's too careless with the football in the moment, which has been a knock on him. You know, Dable got that out of him. Dable leads and it's right back in him, which, you know, Tony Romo during that telecast kept talking about how these guys are going to be here for the next 10 years. I'll tell you what, man, I, I don't see that. I, I see, I I see Cincinnati. That. I see Cincinnati as being there for the next 10 years. I mean, if you can do what they're doing without a stable offensive line, come on, Detelier, that's, that's a loud statement they made. Yeah, no question about it. Now, the big question mark with, I have with Cincinnati is how cheap does the Browns want to be, so to speak, uh, as an organization. Uh, how cheap does Mike Brown want to be here? Because he's going to have to lay out some checks here real soon yep. for T. Higgins, yep. for Jamar Chase, for Joe Burrow. And I'm not talking about a few nickels. I'm talking about this ain't shoe money. This is boot money. You better put in a high boot money uh, to pay those guys. And how well that will all work out. Because, you know, I know T. wants to be paid. 
like a number one receiver. And I know Jamar's going to get that type of money, and so would Burrow. You know, the Brown family, that hasn't been no. a team known to spend a ton of money. So the tenure there would be they have the talent, and they've been good with talent evaluation. They pick up Trey Hendrickson. I'll be honest. I, I thought Trey, and he was a good kid here. He was a try-hard. Uh, he was an undersized defensive end. And um, he finally got his weight up uh, in the 270 range. And he was a different player his final year here with the Saints. And then he cashed in. The Saints made a decision. They couldn't pay Hendrickson because they wanted the long-term Marcus Davenport. Wayne doesn't squat here. It's not that he doesn't have talent. It's to keep him on the field. And Hendrickson's almost always available. And you talk about a guy that gives you great effort. And the same thing with Von Bell. Uh, Sean wanted to pay and bring back Malcolm Jenkins. And because he thought he needed a veteran chirper in the uh, in the backfield uh, to communicate better, and you know Malcolm did his job for a couple of years, but Vaughn was a much younger player, and the impact both Von Bell, Trey Hendrickson, two former Saints players, have made on that defense uh, for the Bengals, and certainly with Joe, he's never. I, I was doing a show this morning. And I told him, I've never seen a more supremely confident dude in my life at LSU. Uh, and he did it in such a quiet manner. We go to Manning one year, and so we have like about an hour to interview the, the counselors, and they bring him in one at a time. And, man, Joe's soaking wet. Uh, he's just coming off of the workout with the kids. And he walks in, he looks at me, he said, Coach, where I got to sit down? I said, right here. I told my cameraman, hey, crank the camera up. <laughs> I got him. And he, you know, he just goes on. He said, you know, we're going to average over 40 points a year this year at LSU. I said, dude, I didn't ask you a basketball question. He just gave me a kind of a smirk. And he's like, come on, come on, coach. You know, no, I'm talking about football. We're going to average over 40 points a game this year. And somebody from the back said, are you talking about LSU offensively averaging over 40 points a game? And he said, I didn't know they had that many people with bad hearing here. And he's that was right before the 2019 season. Yep. And he basically told you, hey, this is what it's going to be. So the Sunday, I thought that was great. Then the Sunday, he's walking off the field, and he comes shakes hands with me. I said, how you enjoyed the experience? And man, he said, I really liked it. Now, they had Justin Herbert there. They had a gang of guys mm-hmm. that were really talented. I said, how would you like it here? He said, yeah, I liked it here. It was fun. He said, I enjoyed my, my four days uh, at Manning. He said, but I'm going to tell you something, Coach. I'm the best dude on the field. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that was Joe. But it was so matter-of-factly that, yeah, I'm the best guy out here. And you know what? Um, he wasn't lying. Uh, but that, that was Joey's. Uh, what he said after they defeated Buffalo about, mm. you know, the mission's not over. It was exactly what he told me in Atlanta when they beat Georgia. Uh, to get to the final game, to get to the game against Clemson, the national championship. He told me the exact same thing. Mission's not over. It's not over till we win it all. That That's his focus in life. He's not a dude that's going to go out. He's not going to get in trouble. He's not clubbing. He's not, you know, raising hell at night. Now, I don't know if I could do that if I was 25 years old and single. Uh, you know, I'm not real sure I could handle that. But he, his focus in life is all about playing football 
and being the best there is. It's always been like that. And when he came to LSU, he he changed the program here. Immediately. And I think about the Bengals. Yep. They had won five playoff games in the first 53 years of their existence. Yep. Joe's won five in two years. Hey, 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 don't don't talk to the Titan fans about him. He ended their run. They were number one seed. Yep. He went in there and sure beat them last year. Here's the thing about him that's interesting, right, because he's now getting this reputation because his name's Joe. But people are using his name with Montana, you know, in terms of this coolness and coolness under pressure. And this is a nice spot uh, coming up on Sunday to display that because if he plays well, I think they're going to win that game, man. I really do. Yeah, the other thing, this would be a much tougher pick for me if you had a healthy Mahomes. No doubt. Uh, and I think people don't understand what that high ankle sprain is. I, I work with the orthopedic surgeons here and the orthopedic team at Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, and they, they'll tell you it's like a broken ankle. And, you know, Clyde yeah. Edwards-Hilaire had a, a similar injury. He's been out five weeks. Okay, you can yeah. you can get treatment, and they can... Give you medication. It's all medicine today, so to speak. But your movement skills aren't the same. Now, he can still throw the ball really well from the pocket. But his improvisational skills, and um, I've said this before, and I've had people quote me on it, but he is pro football's version of Pete Maravich, Patrick Mahomes. He really is. I mean, trick shot type throws off the side, three quarters, underneath, you know, you name it. And he makes those type plays. That is sort of going to be taken away. And Cincinnati, I would test him early. I'm coming after him yep. real quick. Yep. And the thing is how they match up in the secondary with Travis Kelsey. Because he scares me more than anybody. Uh, the receivers, you know, with no Tyreek Hill, um, they good, but they not elite receivers. No, Kelsey is in another world. Uh, as far as receivers are concerned, because that's what he is. He's a big receiver playing tight end. How you match up against him is going to be the key here uh, with it. But, man, you know what? I like Cincinnati in this game. And the, the tilt for me was I know what it is when you have that high ankle sprain. It is difficult to walk, much less run around. Mm. Great, Mike, to tell you joining so down in your pocket, I'm sure there are a lot of Cowboy fans. What, what do you? What, yeah. What, what do you make of the way Dak Prescott just, I don't even know what that was, because he can't blame injury. He was a turnover machine, and he, in that game, is lucky he didn't throw five. I mean, it was brutal. They get the ball with three and a half minutes left. He throws the ball right to the safety just a horrible read like what are you doing yeah i i don't get it with dak and you know and uh, i've known him since he was in high school uh he went to houghton high school up in north louisiana he was not recruited at first by lsu at all um less miles was there and uh, and he sort of told me at first let's try to recruit him as an athlete and he committed to Mississippi State, and then at the end, a uh, kid from Ohio who had committed to LSU at quarterback uh, decommitted, and, and Les went after him. And his mom was, nope, 
you ain't going to LSU. Even though it was a dream of his to go to mm. LSU, mm. Uh, she's like, you know, you committed to them. They took you to the dance, and that's who you're going to dance with. And he, and he really changed the fortunes of Mississippi State and, and his play. But he's reckless with the ball. Uh, he really is. He's reckless with the football, trying to make the big play when you better off sometimes taking that check down or throwing the ball away. He doesn't like to see the ball on the turf. And I'm just telling you, Tony, once you've got that in a quarterback, it is difficult to break it mm. that he does not like the incomplete pass. And you see it with him. He'll try to jam something in there when nothing's there. My thing about it is a lot of times um, he gives up plays where I think he could run with the ball and, and really be effective. But he's trying to make a big play downfield. That is difficult to break from a quarterback uh, when you've got it and done it for that long. He did it at Houghton. He did it at Mississippi State. He does the exact same thing with the Cowboys. Critical times, instead of the incomplete or the takeoff running or the little check down, I'm going to jam it in there and show you I'm going to make that throw. And it gets knocked away or it's an interception. Not that, work, but he's been like yeah. that all of his career. Mm. All of his career. And he did the exact same thing. I saw him in high school. I saw him at state. He would try to make plays when there weren't plays to be made. Get away with that in college ball. NFL yep. ball, especially when you get to the playoffs, you're not going to get away with that. All right, let's move along here. My Eagles and San Fran. I thought all year San Fran's going to come to Philly and beat them. And I still kind of... I mean, I hate to be this way. I, my family won't talk to me. My, one of my brothers called me the other day and said, what do you think is going to happen? I said, well, I told you like six weeks ago. He, your mind hadn't changed. I'll tell you this. You you answer me. You, you help me out here. Have you ever seen a guy improve uh, the way that the Eagles quarterback has from a couple years ago to right now, or even one year ago when the Eagles went out at the hands of the of the Buccaneers in the playoffs, and our quarterback looked like a weak-armed a guy that was going to be a rumor in terms of him being an NFL starter, and now he looks like an upper echelon quarterback. Now, is that because they've surrounded him with a cast that's foolproof, or is that because this guy has truly worked that hard and his arm looks stronger? Uh, Mike, am I, uh, am I seeing things? It's not only stronger, he's more accurate with his throws. And I think the big thing at Alabama was he was a one-read takeoff running with the ball yep. quarterback. Yep. That that was his, his deal at Alabama. I think him working with Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma really helped him tremendously in seeing the field a little bit better. Now, hint. He's pieced together like somebody carved him out of stone because mm. he looks like a fullback. Uh, you know, he came to a back-to-back Manning similar uh, to uh, what we saw with Dak, and you saw an improvement with him. But it was funny you bring that up. Uh, this summer uh, we have the Louisiana line camp here, Pete Jenkins, who's all of 82 years young, mm. but he works with, Saban's defensive line, also Kirby Smart's defensive line in the spring and the summer. And, you know, we're talking about Jalen. He said, Mikey, I see such great improvement with him. And 
Um, Pete goes to where Jalen works out quite a bit, and he was like, you know, he, he's just so much better seeing the feel better and finding those little windows to make a throw, and he's become more accurate. And he told me something that has stuck with me, and I knew where he got it, but I didn't think about it when he first told me. He said, you know, I just think he's the most mentally tough quarterback Saban's ever had at Alabama. And I know where he got it at now. He didn't have to tell me. He got it from Nick. Mm. No, listen, Nick Saban's rough on quarterbacks. Oh, he's rough on everybody, but he's really rough on quarterbacks. And I think that's part of him, that he's a mentally tough guy. And that is sometimes hard to judge when you're looking at quarterbacks coming from the college ranks yeah. into the NFL. Yeah. How much adversity? Now, I knew... He had been through some adversity because when you get beat out like what he did, and you know when Tua takes over, and he got to go, he has to go to Oklahoma, and he did a great job at Oklahoma too. I mean, they didn't have the defense to back him, but Jalen did a really nice job uh, there. It's not only his arm strength, it's his accuracy skills and throwing the ball on balance. I have a picture uh, on my phone of Peyton Manning working with him with his feet. And one of the things I could hear Peyton tell him is, stop lifting your legs up. You know, because he would get on his tippy toes to make a throw. He's like, plant and drive it through. Plant and drive it through. And watch him today. He's with his feet down, plant, drive through. It's exactly what Manning was telling him uh, back then, but he does it today. He's a great leader, a terrific runner with the football, and he's difficult to tackle out in open field. I mean, he really is uh, as an open field runner. I think the key in this game is if there's a chink in the armor of the 49ers, it's that cornerback. When you watch it on film, they are backed off those receivers quite a bit, and they give you some avenues for those short throws. That opens up an area for Jalen to get the football in the hands of A.J. Brown mm, and mm, Devontae mm. Smith, where they can one-on-one make a catch and then turn it up the field. And A.J. is built like a running back. Oh. I mean, he, he is a, a kind of a, a shorter, squattier guy, but, man, he's built. Now, Devontae... He came to our camp. He was entering his junior year, and I got him on the scale because he didn't want to go on the scale with me. Mm-hmm. I told him, "Come on, dude, you got to you got to weigh in." He was like, "Yeah, you know, Mr. Mike, I don't want to." I was like, "Get on the scale." One hundred fifty-two pounds. Oh my and, gosh! And I'm like, "What? How, how old you? was he? When one hundred fifty-two pounds, at what what age?" He's entering his junior season cool. at Emeet High School. Wow! And listen, I think today. His first number is probably an eight, but he ain't got too much on the third number. He's he's never going to be uh, – because that was the knock. All these uh, – you know, I heard it from so many. Man, why do you rate Devontae so high? You know, he's so thinly – he's not going to make it in the NFL. No, I saw him in high school. He was the best wideout when he hit the field, and he didn't weigh no more than 165 pounds uh, as a high school player. He goes to Alabama, and he spins everybody around like a top. And probably then he was maybe 170-something pounds. Now in the NFL, again, he, he may be 180-something pounds, but not too much more. 
And he is such, uh, almost like a gymnast, that he can contort his body in certain ways to make a catch. And does he miss time? No. And so you got A.J. and Devontae up against corners that I would say are average in this league. You got to go after that and then kind of bang a little bit on the left side of San Francisco's offensive line with your right tackle. Uh, I hear coaches, and, and it's cliche, and they tell it to media who ride it, and then uh, you hear it from fans who call in, next man up. Yeah, it depends on who the next man is. That's right. Lane Johnson he, is the best right tackle in pro football. You know, you he, heard he, And TV. he's going right to Canton. I mean, they're going to walk him oh. right off that field, and they're going to walk him right to Canton. No, no yeah. votes necessary. Okay, and so when the Saints played them late in the year, they had no uh, Hurts, they had no Lane Johnson, yep. no Chauncey Garner Johnson, right? Which was a dumbass thing to deal him off this team, but whatever. Um, you know, cause they couldn't come up with a contract. My thing with Lane is he is such a difference maker. And I heard him say, "Oh, he's only about seventy-five percent." Well, I'd hate to play against that son of a gun if he's ninety. If he's that dominant at seventy-five percent. Goes to show how good of a player he yes. is, and he just destroyed uh, the Giants' left side uh, of their defense. Just uh, destroyed them. I'm Nagadelphian to the core, okay. So in back of my mind, I'm thinking, I'm really afraid of that Niners team. They get the Swiss Army knife they got from Carolina. Yep, it's going to make plays. They've got these positionless players on offense they're salty enough defensively i mean i'm with you i don't i don't think their corners are very good i think dallas kind of exposed that however their linebackers are excellent now we talked about how they almost came they they forced a couple picks with prescott and a couple more that were close uh you know just just their back seven the way their linebackers function with their unit they're pretty impressive so it's a speed. Uh, they're more yeah. old-school defense yeah. than probably any other team in the NFL today. But the two things I, I'll say with this. Uh, and uh, I'm afraid and of Purdy, them. I'm afraid. Talk me down from the ledge. I'm afraid here. Because, you know, Brock Purdy, the one thing, he, he's not uh, dirty to diaper mm. in crucial times. He hasn't. Mm. And he has not turned the ball over. Right. Um, you wonder how much longer that's going to be before he has a game where he puts up a couple of picks. Mm-hmm. The Eagles' defensive line, uh, they've accumulated 15 more sacks than any other team in the NFL and the third most in NFL history this year. Uh, so they're going to get after Purdy. Uh, so I, I And, the, again, I go back to it, how much long – if Purdy wins against Philly in that defense, uh, man, I give him full credit uh, on that deal. I give him full credit. Uh, but i got to see it first. And um, I agree with you on the linebacking core. It's <laughs> a quick story. LSU starts the season one year against BYU. And uh, Coach O tells me, hey, T-Boy, you watch that film of uh, BYU's defense? I was like, yeah. Uh, what about that dude, uh, Werner? Uh, I was like, yeah. I said, man, he's really good. He said, uh, hey, watch a, a play in the second quarter about midway through. Mm-hmm. He chases a running back. Uh, and he said... He was the 100, 200-meter sprint champ in Utah. He said he runs step-for-step step with him. Sure enough, I turn it on. That's true. We saw it. I, I thought about it. 
when they threw that deep pass and he was in one-on-one coverage with the receiver downfield, he was step for step. Step for step. <laughs> that, listen, you're talking about a man who's 6'4", and he's he's 230 pounds. He's legit. Oh, it'd be illegal. And, and he, I think him and Roquan Smith, who's mm. now with the Ravens, mm. are the two best off-line linebackers mm. in the game today because of all the other things they can do, run the field east-west, but also in the coverage part of the game. And Fred's great. Now, I agree with you, but I think that there's that opening there because they're not real strong at corner. And does Purdy put up another game where he's not going to make a mistake? Mike Detelier joining, breaking it down scientifically. i got to ask you something real quick here. Balance of power in the West has shifted just like that. Now, you told me last year another not-so-stellar take on my part. I don't know if Brian Kelly fits her long term. I still don't know that. But short term. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll be here for life. Short term, incredible. Uh, Last year, uh, Merritt's votes for coach of the year for the job he did at LSU. The, The amazing thing, when you stop and think about it, is this season, it looks like the division's in their hands. Today, Bill O'Brien. It's announced that they're reported, uh, Chris Lowe and uh, Adam Shefty. they got to put Shefty's name on everything, but really Chris Lowe reporting that uh, he's going back to um, New England, Bill O'Brien is. So now Saban's without coordinators. He's introducing a new quarterback. Uh, hey, man, game on. LSU's the favorite in that division right now. I, I think you're right. Uh, I just did. We did a couple of Zoom calls with two magazines I write for, and uh, right before it comes out in early summer. And uh, LSU, we, we talk so much about LSU, and can Georgia find the right quarterback? Uh, and and that's going to be the biggest key for them because defensively they're going to be really good. And their offensive line, they seem to just retool. Um, at Alabama. This next man up philosophy, uh, which has worked for them, because the next man's been really good. Who's going to take over for Bryce Young? Who's going to take over for that? Put them, put your shoes and uh, put your feet in them moccasins of, of, of Young. LSU's got Jaden Daniels coming back and Nussmar coming back. Uh, they have basically the entire backfield coming back. They lost a couple of receivers. With Butte, the way he played, he you know he, he just as soon have went to the NFL. They have four to five starting offensive linemen on, on defense, uh, retool secondary, and so that's going to be something Brian's going to have to work on. But their defensive line yeah. is going to be really good, and their linebacking core with Harold Perkins and Greg Pinn, and now they bring in Omar Speets who was a first-team all-Pac-12 linebacker from Oregon State wow. onto the team, uh, they're going to be nasty. Um, and you know what the toughest game may be? The opener. Because we have never talked about Florida State in the eight years I've worked with both magazines. We've never talked about Florida State being a top-five team. Never. The discussion was there. Florida State's a really good football team. Uh, coming into 2023. Hmm. That may be the toughest game they played is the opener uh, in Orlando. So, um, yeah, it's um, Brian's really got it going. He has sold himself and his coaching staff to this team. 
that you're going to practice a certain way, you're going to take care of your business a certain way, and it's not going to be, I'm going to give you a thousand chances. That's the one flaw with O. Only because it happened with him uh, when he was young. People would give him a second and a third chance. Uh, You know, Brian's, okay, I'll give you one chance. After that, hey, you've got to go somewhere else. I'm not giving you uh, two and three and four chances. That's it. You're out of here. And he put his foot down, and he got this team focused, and he got more talent and trying to build up some depth along his offensive-defensive lines. We, Him and I have had this talk. He thinks that is the key for long-term success at LSU is rebuilding the offensive-defensive lines and having good depth uh, where uh, in the past they didn't rotate. He likes to rotate people, and yeah. I think that is something – he wants to try to do at LSU, and he's getting closer to it. But man, Jaden Daniels, um, as talk a about runner, development. Wow, he, he's big time, and he's improved as a passer. Developed, and yep. then you got Garrett, who's the gunslinger. Yep. Let, let me let me ask. So, I think you have two coaches that really had breakout years. We had one in Knoxville, and and you yep. saw one at LSU, and. The guy in Knoxville is getting ready to get a huge pay raise, probably going to double his pay from what I understand, which is the, which is the way it works. Um, and so, so for the Living Vol fan, kind of watch out for that. I think that's already been done. They're, they're just going to find the right time to announce it. What do you make of our guy in Knoxville, this uh, Nico, uh, this uh, incoming quarterback, it was incredible at the Polynesian Games, whatever they call that thing, over the weekend, which was on the NFL Network. This guy's got unreal skill. It looks like Tennessee's set up for years to come to uh, to kind of stay at the party here with the 12-team playoff coming. Yeah, no question about it. And you can get always get receivers. Uh, that's the one thing that's changed uh, from you know me doing scouting in, mm-hmm. in high school and college. The amount of receivers, because everybody wants to play wide out today. It is the position all, all the top athletes want to play. They sure. want to play wide receiver. So you can get that. It's finding the right quarterback. And he was fortunate because at first I think he really thought Joe Milton was the guy. And he brings him in from Michigan. And uh, Hendon Hooker comes to Manning, and he told me the story. I came here knowing I would have to battle. And Milton doesn't get off to a fast start. And he gets pulled, and in comes Hooker. Changed Everything for Josh Heupel. Changed everything for him. In the type of offense he could run, how he got his receivers involved. Yep. Yep. It was short, quick, bang. And he didn't make a lot of mistakes throwing the football. And he doesn't have a great defense, but when you're hitting everybody with the tsunami of 45 points a game, you don't need a great defense. Uh, I think he's really got it rolling in the right direction. The key for him is the key for Bryant rebuilding offensive, defensive lines, and having the right trigger man. Because I can find corners. I can find receivers. I can find running backs. What I can't find, big men and the right quarterback. And I think he's he knows how to use the quarterbacks well. Uh, and in what he wants them to do mentally, to get that ball out quick and let your receivers uh, have that one-on-one shot with a corner downfield. And, and it is basketball on grass today. It really is. And, and he's a great example of putting that ball in the hands of the right quarterback and then having him pitch it to a receiver who can run right past that corner. Because most corners today, they ain't good tacklers. Bottom line, they're not good. 
Uh, they maybe can cover, but, man, that receiver gets the ball. Good luck about tackling him. You bow your head. This man's on a roll. On the way out, i got a hypothetical for you. We're going to do a hypothetical next hour comparing teams, which is really stupid, but it's fun. We're talking sports. We're not, we're not splitting atoms over here, as they say in the trade. Uh, your buddies at the hospital, those are the smart people. We're on here talking sports. Okay, so that said, 2019 LSU or that Georgia team that just demolished TCU. You put them on a field, you play the game, who wins? Oh, I think LSU wins. I think that uh, that 2019 offense uh, with Joe was so good, you know, and I, I think it's it might be a touchdown game, but for me the scarier team would be 2020 Alabama. Look at all the talent that was on that 2020 Alabama team. They were loaded, absolutely loaded across the board. But um, I, w- I would go with Joe in the 2019 team. Uh, you know, LSU's defense was a little bit better than middle of the road, but their offense was elite. And, and where else are you going to find uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Racing McMath, Thad Moss, Clyde edwards Go. Team was on one team. Crazy. One team was crazy. Although I will say 65 to 7 is pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, it was it was impressive. I felt bad for Sonny. You know, I've been knowing Sonny for a long time. Yep. His first head coaching job was at Louisiana Tech. Yep. And so he would always call me. Mike, find me players down there in the South. Well, a lot of guys from down here, they didn't want to go to Tech. Uh, they didn't want to go to Ruston. Uh, you know, they were going to go to Ole Miss or Mississippi State, and, and yeah. now TCU is a big option here today in Louisiana. But um, I knew he made a mistake going to Cal. It wasn't a right fit for him. But he can coach offense. Yep. Defensively, he doesn't have the firepower, uh, you know, or the people up front to match against Georgia. And sometimes uh, I have a cousin of mine who's a head coach. He says, sometimes you're the buzzsaw. And sometimes you get caught in the buzzsaw. They got caught in the buzzsaw. Once it got started, you knew it was going to get worse and worse and worse as it went along. But, uh, man, they, they were impressive, and they were on a mission because I think they felt a year ago that team was better but had lost Alabama in the SEC championship wow. game, and they weren't going to have that L anywhere on that record. You know, on the way out, Texas A&M's and never was and it never will be. No offense to them. <laughs> and, and the Texas Longhorns, Arch Manning, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, he put any of the Mannings there. I mean, Texas has, it's been forever. And they're getting ready to join this league. TCU sitting there taking the scraps and gets all the way to the championship game. That's got to gall those people, man. That's got to absolutely urinate off those millionaire billionaire uh, class folks that are that fund a and m in texas that's got to just that's got to just crawl over them yeah and again what all those teams don't have in common they don't play defense okay there there is a certain element here yeah of football of running the ball and stopping the run that while we talk about the pitch and catch part of the game and how much emphasis is at the quarterback position I do think that that physicality up front gets lost in it. Look what Georgia does. The physicality of that team, 
Even 2019 with LSU, their offensive line was really good that year. They could run the football when they needed to and they had to. Alabama's teams, the difference between what I see today and maybe three years ago, Alabama could run the football. And they played power football and they ran it down your throat. Today, last year, and, and listen, it came down to two games, but they weren't a really good running team. Uh, you know, they didn't run the ball like no. they had in the past. That's right. Georgia can, and we saw it with LSU in 2019. I do think that is part, and even Tennessee, yep. despite everything about throwing the ball, one thing they can do real well, run it. Yep. They run the ball well. Yep. Now, there is something to that, Tony, of, of old school football that's still in play today. And I think that's what separates the good teams from the great teams. So the two winners this weekend from Mike Detillier on the way out, college and pro football analyst, co-host Sports Talk, WWL, AM, FM, uh, and he's into so many other things. But uh, two winners this weekend are? Cincinnati, Philly. Oh, man, we're going to get beat by Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl. Hey, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you, Tony. Hey, you're Appreciate my man. You. You're my man. Much love. All right, thank you. Mike Dettelier, one more time. Dixon, that guy just talked for 45 minutes. Your thoughts? Uh, and it, I think he was just getting warmed up. Um, extremely knowledgeable about everything about football. I'm, you think there's an NFL player that he doesn't know on, like, somebody's roster? He's pretty into it. You know, he does his draft report. We have him on around draft time. He knows everything about you everybody. Know, Reminds me of like a Huguenin on the co- on the pro level. But knows all these college kids, too. Knows all the high school kids. Hangs out at the Manning camp. All that stuff. And he's right in the middle of it. I'd never heard of this uh, McMath receiver that played at LSU. Yep, Racy McMath. He's on the ti- he's, yeah, he's on the Titans roster. But I, I've literally... They've got guys in the pros that you never even saw much in college that's good enough to get drafted somewhere and stick on a roster. Brian, I think that LSU team, no joke, they had a roster of 85. I think 35 of those guys, 40 of those guys made rosters. I think it's a crazy number. I I think that's the best college team I've ever seen in my life. I know 95 Nebraska. Tell Boy Toy Loy that. Sit down. Don't tell Boy Toy Loy. That's the best. That's the best team I've ever seen, offensively. Pretty good. And overall, Matt, didn't they do something just uh, that ought to be illegal to Oklahoma in a playoff game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're talking about Georgia scoring the the sixty five versus TCU. I I think LSU had sixty three or sixty six versus Oklahoma in a playoff game, and and I think they even called. You know, put the backups in in the third quarter. It was like forty nine to ten at halftime. That's that's what makes that LSU team, I think, kind of memorable in their legacy. Is they peaked right there at the end of the season as well, which there's a lot to be said for that. But I mean, that team, that it was incredible how good that offense was. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Shout out Mike Yunk, getting the dub last night over Duke. Why is it that Duke, down through the years, one of the prerequisites for their kids is the white guys that play there have to have the absolute whitest skin? 
This Filipowski guy is one of the whitest people I've ever seen in my life. And then they all, all of them have to have funny looking hair. Reminds me of the sun much. They're in the gym shooting. Reminds me of one of their players whose father was a general manager at uh, one time in the NBA. There's a name I want to say, but and he played there. His name was Danny. Did, uh, but did, the, did you see that the guy get, accidentally get punched? <laughs> the Virginia Tech guy celebrating. Who got punched? A Duke player. Aww. I think it's that guy you were talking about. Like, like the Virginia Tech, they made a play, and he was going up court, and he was pumping his fist. And he turned around and just decked the Duke guy right in the chin. <laughs> and everybody was upset that it should have been a flagrant foul. Aww. Aww. We're going to check in on Georgia here in a second. They come to town tomorrow night. Georgia's pretty good this year. Georgia's pretty good. And they've got, uh, they've got that terrible situation that they're sorting out, which uh, happened around their football program right after their – Absolutely had to mar their championship celebration. We'll uh, we'll get to that. And then I want to get into comparing this Tennessee team and the team from four seasons ago that was really special. And uh, who gets the dubby? Dixon's prepared a little something for us. We'll come back right after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Why do people trust Till's Jewelry with their jewelry repairs? Hi, this is Terry Tillis. We feel each piece of jewelry is important to our customers, and they deserve the utmost care with every item that is brought to us. Your jewelry is inspected when we receive it to determine exactly what repairs are needed. A photo is taken and documented, and then it goes to our goldsmith. Once the repair is completed, the jewelry is reinspected to make sure it has been restored to its original condition. Come see us at Till's Jewelry, located in Columbia and Lewisburg. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. Hey guys, this is Mary Catherine with Bug Out Termite Pest Control. Did you know that most insurance plans don't cover termite damage? Termites cause $5 billion in damage every year. Having a termite inspection done by a termite professional once a year is the best way to determine your home or business is termite free. Our technician will help you determine the best treatment solution for you. Call us today to schedule your inspection at 931-380-9009 or visit us online at bugouttennessee.com. 
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Did you know that Columbia Ace Hardware carries Magnolia Home Paint by Joanna Gaines? Columbia Ace Hardware is the only Magnolia paint dealer in town. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Come see us at Columbia Ace Hardware and Power Equipment. We will be glad to help you. This is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament. This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars. It is time to hear from our favorite grocer, Miles Johnson at Foodland. Miles, how are you today? Oh, I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. I got a sneak peek of some of the specials. Boy, there's some good ones in there this week. Mm-hmm. This week we got ground chuck for three thirty nine a pound, T bone steaks four twenty nine a pound, boneless pork loins a dollar ninety nine a pound, five pound bag of Idaho potatoes for two ninety nine each, and Coca Cola twelve packs for two for thirteen. Wow, that's some that's some good deals. Uh, these sales run through next Tuesday, I believe. That is correct. All right. And again, you're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. Miles, thank you very much. As always, we appreciate it. And hopefully people listen and uh, come on in and you got some great deals and uh, you got some great people working there as well. So you guys have a wonderful week. All right. Thank you. You too. Thank you, Miles. All right. That was Miles Johnson from Foodland located on West 7th Street. Again, they're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. So go in and check out some of those uh, great specials they have. And we'll talk to them next week as well. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. Now joining us, Anthony Dasher, UGASports.com, breaking it down scientifically. I love Anthony. Anthony, I appreciate you working with us uh, today and hanging in there with us on this Tuesday and Hope all's well in your world, my friend. 
Yeah, it's just going. It's been a been a kind of a tough time in Athens here the past uh, week or so, but yeah. but yeah, I'm I'm personally doing fine. You know, that's um, and I was going to ask you about that. And I was trying to find a delicate way to do that because there's no delicate way to discuss something like that. But uh, boy, that's got to be just a shocker through the entire community there. It is. I mean. You know, not just, you know, athletics. Anytime a young person, you know, life comes to an end, I mean, it's just, I mean, not really what can you say other than it's just a complete, you know, tragedy. And, yeah, I mean, but Georgia leaves Devin Willock, who was a, had a chance, I think, to be a starter next year, if not next mm-hmm. year, the year after that, a really mm-hmm. upcoming guard. And then, uh, you know, Chandler LaCroix, who is a, uh, you know, works in the recruiting office, uh, you know, there at Georgia. Well loved, both of the young people, man. Last time we talked to, to Devin, I guess it's actually back in preseason, but again, just, uh, one of these guys who's just, you know, it's going to sound cliche, but just kind of lit up the room, always smiling, always joking. Had a personality. If you're familiar with Jordan Davis, how Jordan Davis is, well, you know, he's for Georgia, now for Philadelphia Eagles. That same kind of, you know, gregarious, you know, big, big guy personality, you know. <laughs> You know, again, just somebody who was just well loved. But yeah, this is something that, you know, you go around campus now, it's still something. They're not going to get over this for a while. And you really feel for somebody like, you know, Cedric Van Pront, uh, the starting center for Georgia, who was, you know, their car, his car was right behind uh, mm. the one that Devin was in. And, 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 uh, uh, and Cedric, uh, actually, According to reports and what he has confirmed, you know, later too, he was there when when Devin actually died. Oh, he passed away. So mm. it's just tremendously, just a godly tragic, you know, situation uh, here in Athens on on the heels of winning the championship. But that's obviously cast a, a great you know pall over you know what happened in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And then the sad, sad, sad thing, you know, and the the thing you don't want to do is you know. You, get insensitive to the fact that lives are lost because uh-huh. you and I both know the aftermath of this with news organizations digging. I know the AJC is digging right now, and it's got Georgia fans all yeah. tore up, and the folks are doing their job. You know, it's like, and and it's, and then the attorneys are going to get involved, and I mean, it is just, you know, I was telling you off the air, that's a reason yeah. I'm in sports, man. I, I don't want to yeah. deal with real world. I just don't. Yeah, like I said, this is the first time in, in I've been coming to Georgia now for 20, guys going on 27 years. So this is the first time that a, um, I've had to, you know, cover the death of a uh, student athlete here at UGA. And there was, as I told you off there too, there was a coach in 99, Pat Watson, offensive line coach, passed away, uh, after a game in September of that year. But that has been the only other time, the only other time I've been even man, involved with this guy since way back in 1987 when I was working in Valdosta, Georgia, there was a young man who, who died running track, but again, this is, you know, and all the stuff that's going to come out about toxicology reports and who was doing this, that, and whatnot. And, but, you know, the bottom line is two, two young people died, and that's the, yeah. that's the thing that's just, you know, I think that's the most important, unfortunately, the most important situation in all this right now. Yeah, and I hate even bringing it up to you, but if I don't, I'm not doing my job. Yeah, no. and so let's sure, move, buddy. yeah, let's move along. Hoops. That's fine. Mike yeah. White's got this group guy. These guys are off to a pretty good start, you know, compared to what they were yeah. projected. Give me the uh, give me your observations on this hoops team. Well, like you said, this was a team that was finished picked to finish dead last in the conference this year after winning just six games a season ago. And I'll be honest, this was last year was one of the worst 
basketball team I've ever seen in my life. But I tell you what, give, give Mike White credit for coming in. He's really, you know, and has really changed the culture. Again, that's going to sound like something you've probably heard before from somebody, but, but he, he really has. He's brought in eight new kids. Uh, several of them have, uh, you know, come for winning programs, went to the NCAA tournament last year, and I think it's kind of, you know, rubbed off. I mean, it's a, again, it's not, I, I don't, you know, obviously I don't expect this team to, to win the game, you know, tomorrow night in, in Knoxville, but hey, it's 13 and 6 right now, 3 and 3 at the conference. They did beat Auburn in Athens here, here a few weeks ago. It is a more athletic team, uh, not quite, again, not the depth that they, that they want. Uh, they've got a couple of pretty good players. So, you know, Terry Roberts, uh, the point guard. Of course, people will remember Kerry Okendo from last year was one of the better scorers in the SEC. But yeah, he's definitely got the program, I think, on a, on a quick ups, upswing. I mean, I did not see them being 13 and six, you know, right now at this point in time. And, you know, a little, little look, this could be a team that may, may get an NIT bid before it's all, you know, all said and done. And like you said, compared to where this program was last year to right now, I think it's, been tremendous, and the, the crowds are showing up, the students are showing up, and there's some little, little excitement going on with Georgia basketball right now. Buddy of mine was there. The well, yeah, buddy of mine was there over the weekend. His uh, daughter goes to Georgia, and it, he said the atmosphere in there was very good compared to past yeah. years. And you know, yeah. they got beat by Vanderbilt over the weekend. W- what happened in that ball game? Why did they slip against Vandy after losing on the road? Yeah. They fought really hard with Kentucky. You know, they were really in that game with Kentucky for a while. Yeah. Yeah, they were actually leading Kentucky at half by eight points, but then, uh, Mr. Shishibi, I'm going to butcher his name, I know, but wound up getting, what, 37 points and 24 rebounds. Most of that came in the second half. There was just nothing Georgia could do to defend. And I think there was a little bit of carryover defensively in the game against, against Vanderbilt. I mean, Georgia had a hard time, you know, stopping Vanderbilt bigs were having, having a, having a, a day in the, in the paint and Georgia could not keep them out. And, and then Vandy started hot from three. I think started at like five or seven and found it wound up going like ten or twenty one. I think in the game, you know that was the the difference. Georgia had a, still had a chance to win late, uh, but again, just too many defensive uh, issues in that contest, which was has been again that's kind of a been kind of a uh, you know uh, a strength for Georgia is the defensive aspect of their play. But the the game gets bad about the second half of Kentucky to kind of kind of lost their way a little bit. But other than that, they've been a pretty strong defensive team. And in terms of you know you don't you don't have a pretty decent record that they have and and again thirteen and six three and three in the league, which yeah. you know the the league is not not great. I mean there are soft spots in the league, but the sure. win over Auburn there, who, uh, yeah. in, on our blog today we had Auburn I think ranked third or fourth in the league, third or fourth best team in the league right now. Yeah. That's a sol- that's a solid win in their building. So. What has do, do they have some depth pieces as well that have sort of helped them along the way to compile that record? Because you have to. Yeah, they do. They have. They've got uh, you know Justin Hill as a guard. Who uh, another transfer they got had, had come in. He's uh, come in and uh, you know provided a little a bit, little bit of a spark off the bench. And he struggled defensively. Uh, you know the other day against Vanderbilt, but again they've got some other players. Uh, you know Jabri Abdul Rahim is has pretty been the the sixth man coming off, and he's a guy who could just give them. Uh, some instant pop from three. He's had some very good games. He had 18, had 21 points. I, I take that back against Vanderbilt. I think a season high for him. Uh, you know, son of Sharif Abdul Rahim. So he's uh, come in, has some, has some bright spots. And, uh, you know, uh, Braylon Bridges has, has been started at center. They've also got Frank Anselm, a transfer from Syracuse, uh, 6'10, 235, has come in and given them some, some very good minutes. 
So, yeah, they've got several guys uh, come off the bench and have uh, been you know, pretty successful for them. But they can still use probably two or three more of those types to, you know, to, to really, I think, be as good as they probably could be. And, of course, Georgia did lose about a month ago. Kyron Lindsey uh, uh, just up and left the team, went to, decided to go to, to Texas Tech. Uh, hasn't been confirmed yet what happened with that, but I believe it was more of an NIL issue where he got offered to, to come on, and he did, so call that what you will so so you mean to tell me uh, you mean to tell me they like openly recruited him because that's beyond me they they openly recruited him off the roster is that what you're hearing you you said that i didn't but yes (laughs) that was a little they played notre dame in atlanta i can't remember the exact date and actually i think calron had like eight points like seven rebounds in that game and the next day he was gone so obviously (laughs) in the world man are these kids doing yeah that exactly. I mean, Coach Coach White, to his point, to his 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 credit, has not publicly said anything about it. I mean, obviously, I think there were some some pretty pissed off teammates that, that this this went down. But uh, it's a new era. Unfortunately, some things like this uh, happened. This is the first time I think it, I think we see this a couple of other instances in college basketball this year. Some similar thing like this has happened. But but yeah, to have a guy leave. You know, even before conference play, and this is a guy again who was getting a ton of minutes. He's probably playing about twenty, twenty-one minutes a game. You know, and decided up and leave is just not a what a good look. Wow! But he's a good player. You talking about depth, I and mean, he 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 would Jordan would be a, a really really you know on the verge of being a, a pretty good team if he was still here. Because again, he, he was a guy who was six seven, two hundred twenty-five pounds, real physical player, played hard. But you know, they could they could use him right now, but they don't have him. So it is what it is, and 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 we've seen this. Yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee gets some of these teams, you know, and the strength of Tennessee's team is that defense, and they take teams yeah. like Georgia that are a player or two short, and late yep. in games they just grind them up. I mean, it's just exactly. it's a reality, you know, it's a reality yeah, of what we're looking for tomorrow. Exactly. So, and, and you know, the thing is about this NIL deal, and I'm all for the kids getting paid. I think you are, too. We've talked about it. I I don't mind it. I mean, it's always gone on. But we've got to have a commissioner. I mean, we've got Deion Sanders openly recruiting players off other teams' rosters and making no bones about it because he's Deion Sanders and he doesn't give a damn, but he's not the only one. I mean, everybody's doing it. Everybody, yeah. And as long as you don't put some kind of punitive whatever on these people, they're all going to continue to do it. And I don't think that helps any of these sports. It, it doesn't. I mean, I agree 125% with you. It needs to be a commissioner. I mean, NCAA, as we all know, is a toothless tiger right now. They can't do anything to enforce any kind of any kind of rule. So they need to, in these FBS program conferences, they need to get together and let the commissioner have somebody who has, a, you know, total autonomy as far as, uh, the, you know, enforcing these rules. That's the only only way you're going to get things back in check. And like you said, I mean, I, I, I have absolutely no problem with, with these kids, you know, you know, making some money off their names, whatever, have some, some kind of deal with a you know company. That, that's that's awesome. More power to them. But it's being the way it's being used in recruiting and in enticements is just that's not how it's supposed to be. And that's not what the authors of this these uh, this rule you know had in mind. But you know, it's something that's definitely taking place. The great Anthony Dasher, Tennessee and uh, Georgia tomorrow night in Thompson Bowling Arena. Hey, Anthony, on the way out, the three-peat 
is certainly uh, on the table. You look at the SEC next yeah. year. I, you know, I hear you sighing, but uh, Tennessee and 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 Florida are both sort of in a semi flux. Uh, yeah. So the East is wide open again. Uh, Alabama just is coming off a season where they're going to lose both coordinators and they're mm-hmm. replacing. Uh, their starting quarterback, who in my opinion was probably the best player in college football last year, uh, you've got um, um, you, you've got you know LSU down there who's got to be reintroduced to winning, and I you know I, it looks like Georgia has the league again anyway, don't they? Well, defensively, Georgia I think can be pretty good again. They're going to have most of their players back, and they do lose Jalen Carter. They lose Keely Ringo at corner, and they lose Christopher Smith. That's it. They got everybody back, and they got some some, some uh, young players that people haven't heard a ton about. Guys like Barry Alexander, who really came on strong championship game, had two sacks. But he's going to be a guy. I think he's going to do a be a pretty good facsimile of Jalen. Whenever before it's all said and done with him, and they've uh, got a ton of young other defenders that people I think are going to be hearing a lot about. The question for Georgia: two positions. One's going to be quarterback. Uh, you know, they got to replace, uh, you know, Stetson Bennett. They've got three, three good ones now. Three young, three young kids, Carson Beck, Brock Vandegriff, and Gunnar Stockton. Um, a couple of those guys were former five-star, you know, players, but haven't got a, you know, ton of experience. Carson Beck probably has the most. Put, put up some good numbers in junk time last year. You know, against the other team's third and fourth, you know, units, but that's going to be the question for Georgia. Who, who takes over that quarterback role? How quickly can, can, they, can they adjust now? You know, and all that kind of thing. But otherwise, it's going to be probably left tackle. I mean, Broderick Jones is moving on to the NFL, and right now, if you're if you're if I'm projecting, uh, the left tackle is going to be Ernest Green, uh, redshirt freshman, uh, had back surgery last year, but uh, it's uh, kind of a, a lean a lean spot for George right now because after him, there's not. I really can't sit and tell you exactly who the who the other guy would be at that position. So that's something they're going to have to pay a lot, a lot of attention to, you know, this spring, but. But otherwise, I mean, backfield is going to be strong again. I mean, they do lose Kenny McIntosh, but they've got, you know, Kendall Miller, Dejon Edwards, Branson Robinson, and they've got another, you know, five-star kid this past, uh, no signing class from out in, out in California. Receiving core, uh, you know, a little bit of maybe some, some issues there. Of course, uh, you know, A.D. Mitchell, you know, who was hurt all that year at the high school spring, wound up transferring to Texas. And then, uh, Ray Ray Thomas comes from Mississippi State. He gets arrested on Monday night, Monday morning. What's the latest there? What are, what are you hearing on that? Is that is that real? Well, is that something to watch, or is that nah, just a hiccup? Yeah, I no, I think it's something to watch. I mean, he was a uh, charge of people who don't know charge of a um, a felony of um, what was it? Oh, uh, yeah, false imprisonment, uh, and, and then charge of misdemeanor, uh, you know, assault battery on a on a female acquaintance. And uh, I picked up a cop at a warrant yesterday, and the charges are pretty. Pretty specific. I mean, so I don't, and if that is true, it's going to be a, it's going to be hard for him, I think, to stay you know, with the program. But Georgia again still has a lot of depth for that spot. They got Dominic uh, Lovett coming over from Missouri, who was a very explosive player. And of course, they got Lad McConkey, you know, coming back. Uh, you know, and, and several other you know receivers had a strong signing class. So I don't think it's going to be that much of a big deal. And of course, tied in, you know, Brock Bowers, and that's all really, all you really need to say about that position. He'll be back for one more season. So yeah, Georgia has a lot coming back. Uh, but just, uh, you know, how, how that quarterback situation you know, flushes out. 
Well, that's the big question with uh, you know with everybody in the league pretty much, which is uh, yeah. which is where the league is. If folks want to interact with you or read your stuff, Anthony, how do they do so? And thank you for yeah. your time, my friend. It's always good to talk and to you. No, no problem. Yeah, they can find me on UGASports.com and on Twitter at Anthony Dasher One. Anthony Dasher, I hope you have a great day. And uh, who do you like in my uh, my Eagles and the Niners over the weekend? Uh, Eagles all the way, man. Eagles all the way. How about the uh, in the AFC? Uh, I'm gonna go with Kansas City. There, so I think Kansas City, Philadelphia Super Bowl. Woo! Andy Reid taking on his former team. Thank you, yep. my friend. Hey, yep. great, great yep. talking to you. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, yeah, Brian. I would not have been able to live this week if the Cowboys would have won that game over the weekend. And if they were well quarterbacked, they were going to win that game over the weekend. Well, here's a breaking news statement from San Francisco. Apparently, their defensive end, Charles Amenehu, was arrested last night in San Jose on suspicion of misdemeanor domestic violence. What in the The statement is, we are aware of the matter involving Charles and are in the process of gathering further information. So the Niners have a distraction to deal with. Well, Mm-mm-mm. hey Matt, when we look forward to next football season, which I'm not already, but it's hard to you, when you live here. It's hard to not look ahead. Things pretty wide open, man, compared to past years. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Tennessee's kind of one of those teams near the top of the the uncertainty for a change. Um, you just you know, it, with Georgia kind of rolling, you you, mm-hmm. you wonder at, at some point that they have to take a, a couple of steps back. Um, is hopefully it's enough for for a team like Tennessee to to capitalize. Um, you know, I, I think Alabama is really in kind of limbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm really not sure that's a, a top 10 team. I agree with that. Name off, name off the jersey. I mean, you can say that out loud. You, you, back. you know, Matt, you say that out loud, right? And you want to stop yourself because they have Saban and he's mad. You know, I hear he's very, very angry with uh, Pollock and what happened there. It's driving their offseason. Well, you don't have players. You don't have frontline talent. I mean, you can... You can click your heels together and grit your teeth and do all the things that kids do when they don't want to go to the potty. And you can just see a 75-year-old Nick Saban doing that, acting like a little acting like a little toddler, doesn't want to go to the potty. But it ain't going to amount to a hill of beans if you don't have the players. I mean, the one thing the guy always did is out-recruit everybody and out-talent everybody. And they don't have that team in 2023, Matt, do they? Or am I missing something? Well, they have the talent, but it's definitely not experienced and it's not proven. Um, and we've we've seen the last two years they've had to rely on the portal to get a number of key players at key spots. So, in addition to to the talent not being there, they're not developing players like they used to um, at a number of areas. I mean, you had to had to go steal Vandy's left tackle, um, had to take Tennessee's linebacker. You know, a receiver from Ohio. So, I mean, they had to go get a lot of guys just mm-hmm. to fill needs. And how so can you do that when you've recruited their time? It's how, just a, go ahead, Brian. Coaching issues. Is that a coaching issue? I don't issue know, Brian. Staff? That's weird because 
look, I mean, like, Georgia has some holes, right? Everybody has holes. And, and you know, the Bammers who never want to question Saban, they act like it's, you know, Mao Zedong Saban, Nick Zedong Saban, Nick Zedong Hey, where's all your depth? Oh, well, they all transfer. Why'd they all transfer? Why'd they all transfer? I mean, that's a legitimate question, isn't it? They're not all transferring at Georgia. You, you have a conversation there a second ago with Anthony Dasher, and he says, well, you know, we've, this guy's gone, this guy's gone. But there's three starters or four starters of left. Keely Ringo's gone and Carter's gone. But they're plugging guys in that are great players. We don't expect a great drop-off. And you know what? Guys, after what I've seen from Georgia the past couple of years, when Anthony Dasher tells me that, I'm going to believe him. Matt, are you going to believe him? I'm going to believe that. Uh, absolutely, especially defensively. And if, if Ton Munkin returns, I, I would expect their offense to be to be outstanding once again, regardless of where they settle on quarterback. So it's wide open. Here's the thing I can't wrap my brain around, okay, is where Tennessee falls in that. Like Matt said, they're on the upper half of those the unknowns. I'll buy that. How far in the upper half? What's fair? You know, and, and we have all off season to talk about this. But you know, as I work through it, and it's a process. You know, you're on here every day, and those of us that spend way more time thinking about this stuff than we should have to be fair. Now, Heupel is getting ready to get a tremendously huge raise. It's going to be eye-popping around here. But he's going, to commit, he's going to make a salary commensurate with what guys in the, in the middle to top of the sport makes. Not the elite guys, but certainly it's going to be way up there. And they've got it done. They're just trying to figure out when the right time to pop it is. So my, my question for you, for me, for everybody becomes, what's a fair expectation next season? I mean, do we think that Tennessee is going to be flirting with when the announcements come out that first week, middle of the season? They're going to be in the middle of that again? I mean, do we think that? It's 14 playoff next year. Do we think they're going to be on the periphery of that once again? Do we think they're going to be around the top ten? I mean, is that a fair expectation for next year with all the losses you're having? However, you're in a league that's pretty much in flux. It's there for the taking. What do you think? Matt, I ask you that. Is there enough raw talent? Or are we still a class or two away from that? And, and last year, I want to say last year was an aberration. I'm not, I don't want to say that. But it was a, um, how does Bino put it? It was unexpected success to that level anyway. How are you wrapping your brain around this, Matt, as you consider next year? And we're, and we're ways away. We're ways away here. Well, I, I think you enter next year as the, the second best team in the East. And really the only other team that could even challenge for that would probably be South Carolina. Um, but, you know, they got Spencer Rattler coming back. But yeah, I, I think you're, you're probably top, top 15, top 20 team to begin next year. Um, I still have to see it defensively. You'll have to get a little bit better. Uh, I, I expect the offense to take a, a, 
a step or two back. Um, you know, I mean, you're the best offense in the country this year. I think, you know, being in the top 10 next year would be a fair expectation. Um, still, still probably a year away from being able to truly compete at the, the highest level, but there's no reason you couldn't get in that conversation like you were this past year. And, you know, if a few things fall your, your way, have that opportunity again. Um, you know, you go to Alabama and to Florida, although Florida doesn't look as daunting, but, nope. you know, it all, I think a lot of it really just kind of depends on what you, how, how the quarterback situation plays out throughout the year. Um, does is Milton the starter mm-hmm. throughout? Mm-hmm. Does Nico take over at some point? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that that probably has a big factor on on whether on on whether this team competes for an SEC title and playoff spots, or if maybe it's twenty twenty four where you have those really really high expectations. And part of me, part of me wants to believe that Nico is going to be playing next year. And then part of me wants to really hope that Joe Milton grabs the job. And I've seen some early, you know, some early buzz in in the markets that Milton's getting traction as a potential Heisman Trophy uh, type choice next year. Boy, that would be really neat. It'd be the gr- the greatest thing for the program. I, I know many of you are are recruit Knicks, and you really want to see Nico play. The best thing long term, and and listen. You know me. I'm a show-me guy when it comes to these all these quarterbacks because the bus rate's so high. Boy, I'll tell you, after Friday night, talking to Watson Brown, the interview's up uh, today. I, I transcribed pieces of it, just a few highlights for the blog this morning. If you want to look at it over at tclub.team, the Nico thing, I'm standing with Watson right now. I don't think there's any way that guy misses now, I don't know how great he is at college, but he's not going to be one of those stone-cold miss guys, those five-star misses. He's just not. He's going to be a really nice player. Now, to what extent? But like Matt said, best-case scenario, Joe Milton plays great, plays a great, has a great season, Tennessee goes whatever they go, nine wins, whatever the number is, ten whatever the number is. And then Nico gains 30 pounds, Soaks it all in, um, and then for two years you've got a you've got a great quarterback. That's that is not a bad plan. That is not a bad that is not a bad way to go. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Really, when you look at it, that's the Alabama way. It's the Georgia way. It's the you know it's it's how the elite teams carry on. Love is coming. Love is coming to us all. Little uh, little Crosby Stills Nash and Young there with my associative mind and the way it works, which is scary. It's a terrible thing to waste. We continue with more. We'll get some calls in. We're going to do our, what's the team we're comparing it to, guys, 2018, 2019? And the 2022, 2019 20, versus 2023. 2019 versus 2023. We'll leave it right there. We'll do our hoop summit on the other side. I want to hear who Matt has because you can make a case. This basketball team right here is not good defensively. They're all-time great. They're pacing way ahead of 
the best teams in the modern era in college hoops in terms of what they do to people on defense. Now, it is not the most attractive brand of basketball. They don't have the stars that 2019 had. They don't have the loud moments to this point that 2019 team had. They don't have the adoration of huge crowds that 2019 had. They don't have a watch party every time you turn around like that team had. They don't have the uh, imagination of all nation the way that team had. But they might just end up going further. And if you put them both on the field, on the court rather, they might just school. School. School that team, I say. School them. What do you think? We'll talk about it as we continue after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. 
Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Tesco bars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 bikes, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. Two white men and a white woman attacking a black man who's a Democrat, yet you have no balance to anything that you say. You act like a bunch of Southern You are ridiculous. You're a horrible show. You're a horrible representation of Tennessee. Y'all are disgusting. You're disgusting human beings. And either balance it out with someone who has a half a clue what they can talk about. You got a bus driver up there acting like he's better than him just because... Of what? I have no idea what his points are other than what Tucker Carlson told him what to say. Y'all are disgusting human beings. You need to get off the air. Three Dudes with a View, triggering liberals between Dollywood and Graceland Monday through Thursday from 8 to 9 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. All right, let's do it. We're going to go to the phones at 865-200-5402 because people want to talk. And then I want to get Matt and Brian in here, and we're going to do a hoop summit here. And we're going to talk about, because there's been a lot of conversation uh, regarding this team versus the Tennessee basketball team of four years ago. And the great Ken Miller just texted me a second ago, when Alabama and Tennessee play, if Auburn doesn't get in the way, there's a decent chance that's going to be a one-versus-two game. Orange Throw had a great point. You've got the Texas game this weekend. It's going to be loud. Okay, It's going to be a potential loud moment for the program. Uh, You've got uh, college game day coming here. Rick Barnes and... Texas and all that stuff. And, you know, the thing I love about Barnes, I was just telling the guys this off the air, is he doesn't make it about him. He puts the spotlight right where it belongs, around the players. I know some of you, he's not your cup of tea. You whine, you cry, you moan, all the way to 26 wins. But you whine and you cry. And that's okay. You you can do whatever you want to do. But, you know, he's not Bruce Pearl, and he's not going to come on Tony's show like Tony Vidalo. 
on Thursday. And that's, you know, it is what it is. He's going to do him. He's going to wear orange once a year. You know, he's not he's not your rah-rah guy. Never going to be. But they're going to roll out. They're going to play hard. They're going to develop players. He's going to win 26 games. It's pretty much what they do. And in the Ken Palm era, he's going to outperform what he's supposed to do in the Ken Palm era. And pretty damn good. So, and I give the guy credit. And I say on here, look, you know, a lot of that stuff I wish he would do, and he's kind of not my speed, but I give him credit. I give him credit. And I'm honest about it. You know, some of it's just not my, I, I wish he was a little more appreciative to the, toward the fans. But he, he going to do him. That's, you know, he can win 25 games doing it. So you juxtapose those two teams, and, you know, I have to, well, we'll go to the phones, and then we'll get into this, because I go back to that 2019, 2018, 2019 Tennessee basketball team, and they're pretty good. It's several pros on that team, several pros. How many pros on this team? How many guys? I'm just asking. Because here, here's what, you know, the great Maury Hanks tells me. When you're trying to figure out who's going to win a game in March, you say who's got the pros. Pros versus the Joes. Generally, Matt, you think that's true, the team with the pros is going to beat the Joes? Yes or no, Matt? What do you think? And then we'll go to the phones. Um, I mean, generally, uh, for the most part, yes. Um, unless those pros are a bunch of freshmen which has kind of been proven that 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 doesn't win in the tournament. Um, You need to have some of that experience. But generally you'd rather have the the pros than than not when it comes. I mean, yeah, you know, know, the more talented team usually wins. All right. So we can eval this roster, that roster, and say how many guys. And when we say pros, how many guys will have a cup of coffee in the NBA? Playing a game or two in the NBA is significant. I mean, I watch that league and I say to myself, those guys are insane. Those guys are so highly skilled at what they're doing, it's crazy. It's, it's like my son was telling me. He went to caddy for his friend, Ryan Hall, who's a really great player from our community. Here, and he's a great young man, too. I mean, he's about a well-raised, great young man. And they went over to Hawaii, and Sony Open, and played a qualifier there. And Anthony said on the tee on the tee when the guys were warming up and these guys that play know this he said you don't hear an errant shot when those guys are warming up it is everything is everything is pure everything is pure on just your to your ear and those nba guys it is so like that it is such a high level that they do what they do but we'll go to the phones we're going to talk about and we're going to deep dive this thing into our overtime segment comparing and contrasting those two clubs and what would happen if you put them on the floor together. It's a, it's a worthwhile debate. Hey, anytime I'm comparing you to the one of the better teams we've seen, maybe the best team, hey, Matt, that team that went to the Sweet 16 or Pearl's Final 8 team or Elite 8 team, who's better? I mean, I, I think that... The 2019 team was better I overall. Agree. I agree with that, that. I mean, Pearl's team, that, that Elite Eight team, you know, finished strong and kind of peaked at the right time, but they, 
they kind of struggled for much of the year. And that's I think that's the team that had the, the players arrested on New Year's Day and you kicked Tyler Smith off, you know, mid year. Wow. Um but I mean that was probably the second I mean maybe not even the second best Pearl team. Um they just happened to to, to catch fire at the right time and get a good draw. Uh to the phones we go. Hello and welcome into our first call. Thank you for holding on. You're on the Tony Basilio show on a Tuesday. Hi. Tony, Andrew, Baltimore, how are you? Hey, Andrew, welcome in. Appreciate you hanging in there. Yeah, yeah, actually, funny, I'm having this exact debate in a separate group message, so love the conversation. Um, How's it going? What side of this debate are you on, Andrew? I'm on the barn side, Tony. I just, you know, the guy, you know, this is independent of the tournament, but the guy has had us in the last five years in the top five 17 times. Wow. Uh, before that, in the previous 70 years, we were in there 17 times. So I, I just don't – I really am mind-boggled by Tennessee fans that, you know, this is just classic Barnes. We laid a stinker against Colorado, and you lost the conference game to Kentucky, who is littered with five stars. So, you know, they can turn it on. But I, I think the key of this debate, Matt just hinted at it, is getting the, the draw. I mean, the draw is everything. Last year we got punished on our seeding, and they gave us a Michigan team that was preseason top five. All, all March Madness is about playing good basketball for three weekends. So when you get a team that has that much talent and they outplay you one day and you have a mismatch on the floor that we struggled to guard against, that's going to pose some issues. Um, that day against Purdue – with Barnes's team in 2019, you caught a team that just shot the net off the hoop for 15 minutes of the game, and you still almost beat them. Um, and they had NBA guys on that team. So I think it's a fair debate, Tony, but the problem is the debate kind of is null and void if the other party won't admit that the draw and some of the ways that the first weekend shake out totally affect how you view the basketball team. Conzo Martin made it as a play-in game yep. and got to the Sweet 16 because Mercer beat Duke. Yes, that's I mean, exactly right. Just, you know, so it's all about the framing of it. But I do I do think the, the best way to make a run in March, Tony, is to keep getting in. Twapino says. Yeah, Twapino says. Here's the deal about Barnes. He's not going to outperform a seed. Okay, it's thirty-five years of empirical evidence. It just as and Andrew, I'm on the I'm on the barn side of that that debate for sure. So you got to be a one or a two seed. You want to go to the Sweet Sixteen with him? You've got to be a one or a two seed. Otherwise, you're not guaranteed that. So that's the first thing. This team's tracking that way, unless they lay an egg in March or in February and have several losses, which anything's possible. I mean, you're playing some pretty good teams coming up. Texas pretty good. Uh, Auburn coming here pretty good. Got a couple of interesting road trips coming up. I mean, the month of uh, February is going to be very, very interesting on this basketball team. The, the, the thing about the Barnes debate is that he's just not good at March. So if that's all you're going to base your college uh, basketball on, then he's not your guy. He's just never, and, he, and you know what? He's not going to be. 
He's just not good at it. But even even at that, you know, you quote his history here in the top five versus our history. He's still better than Tennessee basketball historically in March, even though he's not really good at it. That says everything you need to know about what we've done historically here. Hey, he didn't do it. I mean, it's not his fault that we've never done it and all the pressure's on him to do it. That's the way I look at it, Andrew. I agree, Tony, and, and I would raise another point. Yeah. And that is, you know, everybody likes to compare him to Bruce. And, you know, Bruce was this in March. Bruce was that in March. Yeah. Bruce was 8-6 and six in March. That's right. Uh, you know, he had a couple teams that went in as like 7 or 8-9 seeds. That's, that'll never happen with Barnes. You'll always be in the top five. That's right. Um, but the other thing is, and I think that this is where it really gets at Tennessee fans, and, and I do get this to an extent, is he, he took the final four that we thought we were going to. That, the Grand Admiral team that got beat by Purdue, Auburn played in that final four. Yeah. Well, did, so didn't, he thinks, beat, didn't he beat us in the SEC championship game and then go do that, or am I imagining that, Matt? No, you nailed that. See, so yeah, yeah, that's that's frustrating. Again, that goes hey, back to yeah, he played that. He beat him twice that year. That's at the end of the season. That's more our history, though. See, I think Barnes bears the brunt of you're supposed to push this thing over the line. When Matt Dixon has said on here for years that this guy's a perfect Tennessee basketball coach. You look at our history. You look at his history. This guy's perfect for Tennessee because it is what it is. And and the last thing, Tony, on my way out, and I appreciate you let me. You're fine. Ramble on here. Yeah, today. you're fine. Uh, the the thing that really gets at me about this team, and, and you just nailed it a minute ago. They're not getting the press. They're not getting the hype. Right. Do you know what was going on with our football program in 2018 and 2019? People were dying in mid September for our basketball team to take the four, mainly because we had gotten beat by Sister Jean. Yep. And they made that Cinderella run the year before, so everyone knew what we had coming back. But to your point, this team is kind of built the same way. It's got a bunch of guys that weren't highly recruited outside of Josiah and Phillips. Mm-hmm. You've got Zakai Ziegler, who is everything that's good about college athletics and yep. why Tennessee fans love him, yep. kind of is your heart and soul. And they're kind of growing with, with the fans. I think once, you know, now that we've got the Orange Bowl behind us, means the schedule, fans will tune in. I would take this team to beat the 2018-19 game series. But it's weird matchups all over the place. Who guards Grant? Nobody. Josiah would have a really tough time on on defense, but I don't know anybody on the 18-19 team that's going to lock him down. So, And I think Ziegler Bone would be just an awesome matchup. Truthfully, Chandler Bone would have been the best. But, uh, man, what it would be, I wish that they could do, like, an exhibition-type game between those two teams in the offseason. Two tough guys. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Uh, proceeds to Fish Pantry. Let's let's uh, get Grant Williams on the horn. Let's get him down here. See, he's the first. Uh, if we can get the big shoe to drop, we can get them all out there. Maybe we'll have the Rocky Top, top League. Bring Mike Griffith back to our report on it, Brian Harper. He responded to Wes Rucker's statement that that team, this team would beat that team, and he just kind of put out a response that said, really, and then had it like a... (laughs) Poor Wes Rucker. The guy literally tweets more than he breathes. Back to the phones we go. Five in front of the hour. Hello and welcome in. 
What's going on, Tom? It's Charlie. Charlie, welcome in, my friend. How you doing? Charlie, I still have to get the uh, crew your gifts. We're we're working on that. I'm I'm a I'm what you call a slow Santa Claus, brother. Ah, uh, you shouldn't let the cat out of the bag. Uh, Should let me pull the Tony Basilio and just tell them I, they're in the mail. Interesting. Uh, uh, I don't mean to be random, Bill, but uh, yep. Uh, defensive basketball doesn't really <clears throat> doesn't really turn me on. <clears throat> Whenever you're talking about recruiting. And the transfer portal, yep, yep. and uh, being the most dominant team yep. in the sport, yep. and having the uh, absolutely best offensive player in all of college, you're talking about Blake Burke and the Big Orange Baseball is what you're talking about. Matt Dixon, and in your humble opinion, Blake Burke, any good? And are you excited for the Tony Vall segment on Thursday, Matt Dixon, right now? I want to know. Oh, I'm pumped about it. I'm I'm ready to go. Uh, no, Blake Burke is is incredible. He's going to end up being the the school's all time home run leader. Yep. Um, and I'm very excited to see him play, or at least hit every every game. And Charlie, we're going all in this year with some ramped up baseball coverage. I'll be breaking that down scientifically, but I'm responding to what I'm sensing, which is that the uh, Vol Nation is demanding more, more, more. How do you like it? How do you like it? How do you like it? How excited are you for three weeks out, brother? I can't wait. And, and I've got, you know, I, I know you got your show topics, but i, I got a couple questions. I, uh, if Dixon can answer them for me I, about this baseball team. Hit it, run. Matt, tell me that Tony Vitello went and got a catcher. Uh, they, they did not. Uh, they moved Jared Dickey to catcher. Um, and then they've got Charlie Taylor, who kept, caught a little bit last year. And Concrete of, Charlie, as I call him. A couple of new guys who, who are better hitters than they are catchers at this point. But, no, they for the second year in a row, they kind of whiffed on a catcher, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, the next thing, Blake Burke, is is he going to be designated hitter, or, we, or is he going to be uh, <clears throat> in the lineup? I because there's an opening in first. First base. But I, I have the same questions you do because he uh, he barely played any in the field last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but he I, I believe he's kind of penciled in at first base. Yeah. But that's that's actually something I was going to bring up Thursday with with Vitello is that was going to be a question to ask. Tony Devall's told me recently that he's going to play first, but who knows? Maybe that's evolving. Is that Benny I hear barking in the background? By the way, Charlie. No. No, this is this little. I got my little Doberman puppy and she's with a toy. Aww. Uh, now we got a. Now it seems to me like we got a log jam on second uh, and shortstop. We got hot sauce. We got Lawson, and and from what my buddy Sammy told me, this uh, kid we got in a transfer portal for Kansas. Is uh, should be should beat everybody out for shortstop. Well, he's there any number one one of the top transfers in the country. Lawson's gone. Lawson's pro, mm-hmm. right? He's pro, right, Matt? And, and hot and hot sauce thriller. Yeah. they both they both sign pro contracts. Yep. Okay, Christian, so they're both Christian young. Moore will be your second baseman, and then Maui Ahuna, yep. who's from Hawaii and played at Kansas last year, will be your shortstop, and he's. 
He's really good defensively. He's got a pretty good bat as well. And he comes from a great family and a great Polynesian tradition. Charlie Hang right there. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. Wear this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Did you know that Ace now offers free assembly and delivery on grills over $3.99? It's never been easier for you and your family to have a great grill like a Weber gas grill, a Traeger pellet grill, or a Big Green Egg charcoal grill. Come see us at Columbia Ace Hardware, located at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
first responders know seconds count when saving lives, and emergency response can often be delayed due to difficulty navigating rural locations, congested subdivisions, mobile home parks, and apartment complexes. The Locator 911 is a unique life-saving bulb. In normal use, a porch light, and when activated by you, a multicolored flashing beacon for first responders to help them find you in the event of an emergency. For more information, stop by your local fire department or visit thelocator911.com. It is time to hear from our favorite grocer, Miles Johnson at Foodland. Miles, how are you today? Well, I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. I got a sneak peek of some of the specials. Boy, there's some good ones in there this week. Mm-hmm. This week we got ground chuck for three thirty nine a pound, T bone steaks four twenty nine a pound, boneless pork loins a dollar ninety nine a pound, five pound bag of Idaho potatoes for two ninety nine each, and Coca Cola twelve packs for two for thirteen. Wow, that's some that's some good deals. Uh, these sales run through next Tuesday, I believe. That is correct. All right. And again, you're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. Miles, thank you very much. As always, we appreciate it. And hopefully people listen and uh, come on in and you got some great deals and uh, you got some great people working there as well. So you guys have a wonderful week. All right. Thank you. You too. Thank you, Miles. All right. That was Miles Johnson from Foodland located on West 7th Street. Again, they're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. So go in and check out some of those uh, great specials they have. And we'll talk to them next week as well. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.